Well, how about before we start to get into this, Jen, we're in like a new space. Can you uh, can you talk about like the little transformation you Why had over you the last two weeks? Talk about it because well, I'm the one that had to fucking deal with it. Just as well, obviously. <laughs> Oh, I'm the one that had to fucking build everything that you see in here. That's and true. I am so grateful. I am so grateful. <laughs> I After we sat with ayahuasca, I was on this huge... I was purging so much. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> purging literally like old layers of my ident- identity. And the studio was a, an extension of me is an extension of me and so we needed to i needed to <laughs> change it up i need to change it and uh, i feel really fucking good in this space now this is good and it's got a better flow it feels bigger i have more space for people to sit on the couch when they come even just to hang out or for counseling like it just feels good and for holding ceremonies in here there's so much more room and now i have a focal point for the altar it just feels good because this is also, um, it's set up better now for my shamanic work. So mm-hmm. um, I love it. Love Jess, it, love it, love it. Yes. how did you feel about all, all of this? Exhausted. <laughs> Mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually um, exhausted. I think you had some fun because all I did for all fun. week, all you've been doing is building and crafting, and you enjoy being in your space. I one hundred percent have had fun. I'm not arguing that I didn't enjoy myself, but um, your energy, as lovely as it is all the time, was a bit intense. For I was the last oh few no, weeks. I was totally agitated because I and couldn't handle things. I just couldn't handle. I had to just keep clearing stuff out. I know, and it extended into the house and with oh. our clothes. Mm-hmm. On, and then mm-hmm. just moving everything around. It and then extended also with um, um, several um, expensive couches <laughs> uh, in the house. But the couch is so nice. Look at it. The couches are beautiful. This couch is beautiful. It beautiful. looks. The space looks amazing. It's an investment. Um, but nevertheless, it's uh, unexpected. Unexpected investment. and. <laughs> Am I like uh, ready? am I like the um like the annoying talent? <laughs> what are you doing? What's my hair looking like? What are you doing sitting there? Get my makeup on. Do I look fat? Does this make me look fat? Does the camera add ten pounds? Yeah, turn your mic. Do down. not turn that mic that down. Turn it up. Turn it up. Build up. Build up. Build up. Please. What movie is that from? I don't know. Fill it up. Fill it up. Fill it up. Please. Home Alone. Oh. Uncle Frank. Oh. On the plane. (laughs) Champagne. It's free, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. What a stressful, stressful morning it has been, people. You have no idea what you are in for today. Today is a day. A treat for all those listening in the podcast universe today because today is the episode I've been wanting to do since the dawn of time, since the dawn of 2020, is trans. Yeah, this is a big episode and something that you've been hounding me to to record. So today's the day. Um, we've been doing a lot of research. I've been smoking a lot of joints, reading a lot of books. Because it is stressful, a stressful topic. 
Well, and it's it's a topic that we can't avoid in our society and we're seeing it everywhere, especially having a child in the mainstream education system now. She's back in school and um, comes up often and we see it just driving through the city when we're driving through London. Like we're just, there's, you just see it. So it's, you can't, it's something that um, we have to navigate right now. From a societal lens, from spiritual mm-hmm. lens, there's lots to consider. Biological lens. Um, so I'm just going to preface this podcast with a disclaimer then. <laughs> this whole episode, in fact, the whole podcast, all, like all of the episodes, they come from our own hearts. This is Jen and Jess speaking from our own hearts, from our own worldview, from our own perspective. And um, it's not representative of anybody else except for the two of us. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Where do you want to start, Jess? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, I mean, first of all, let me just say, um, most of this information is coming from, uh, most of the information I am referencing I just want to go over a list of books so that everybody knows um, what I've got going on. Okay, so uh, we have The End of Gender by Dr. Deborah So, and she's Canadian. And she was on Joe Rogan recently, so if anybody hasn't listened to that... Great episode. You should. You should. Mm -hmm. uh, You should. Um, There was The Case Against the Sexual Revolution by Louise Perry and that's not necessarily um about trans per se but it does discuss um some queer theory and it had some super valuable information then there was trans by Helen Joyce and this was a really excellent book it was a bit more technical and difficult to listen to um but uh she had a lot of good information in this book and then there is um there's one more um, that I physically. Um, You've also listened to a ton of podcasts, done a lot of research, spoken to a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. I can't find the other one, but it's it's by Dr. Um, Miri- Miriam Grossman. Oh, yeah. The and psych- child and adolescent psychiatrist. Yeah, she's Actually, great. I have it written down. And I think, Jess, you told mm-hmm. me before we, st- uh, like, st- uh, before we started that, y- mm-hmm. that your outlook on all of this has changed since you've mm-hmm. done the, like, the reading and, like, the podcast. Well, you've self-educated, right? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um, I just want to say before I, before I move on, Mir- Dr. Miriam Grossman, and this was Lost in Translation. Oh, that's right. And this woman is a certified child adolescent psychiatrist, senior fellow at Do No Harm. She is very smart, very educated, Mm -hmm. and she's been doing the work for, she's an older woman, and she's got some really interesting things to say about the younger generation of scientists, just about how uh, they're coming at this from such a recent perspective, and they're they're kind of taking all of the biological science that's been done for the last like hundred years. Like there's references. I I'm going back to the early 1900s on some of these studies with brain development and showing how gay men have brains that are more 
that look more like a straight female. But they're taking all of that science and they're, you know, calling it racist and, you know, homophobic and transphobic and they throw it out the window and instead they bring in, I'm going to call it junk science. And that is um, taking accounts from people who might be maybe, maybe not mentally ill and you're taking their word for that's like me writing a writing a science based on an, an anorexic woman and her feelings. And I'm just taking all of her feelings into account and I'm not taking into account her illness that she sees herself as a ginormous woman when she's 90 pounds. You understand the flaw in that? Doing a qualitative study <clears throat> on somebody's human experience versus maybe a meta-analysis of mm. all the research um, would have uh, less bias. Totally. And we are going to talk a little bit about that. Um, but to answer Alora's question, yeah, I feel very different about mm -hmm. how I felt. Um, I'm still angry as fuck about biological males competing in female sports, being in female spaces. I still am feeling the exact same way nothing has changed okay in that regard we like several years ago we got into a heated discussion over that because a friend of ours was doing her thesis on um <clears throat> trans women trans women in women's sports should trans women should, be allowed to play in women's sports in women's sports and she was an athlete you're an athlete mm -hmm. i was an athlete growing mm -hmm. right and i was defending trans women at the time, mm -hmm. be, but I didn't know any information. It was just based under this feeling and looking back the programming mm -hmm. of woke ideology that it has to be inclusive, but the term inclusive actually excludes biological women 100%. from their sport. Their sport. Um, so anyways, interesting how my perspective has changed the more that I've come to learn and understand and actually can think for myself around what is actually fair yeah, and what is also right. Right. 100%. And, and, and where I've changed my thinking on that is I think I was at a point where I was maybe being a bit unfair and I was sort of under the belief that, or the thinking, that most, if not, I should just reference, all trans people are, are homophobic. They're gay people, tra they're gay people trapped in freaks' bodies. Like, sorry, that's how I felt. That's how I still feel. But now I've come to realize that one in 20,000 births are going to have potentially some kind of intersex malformation of the interior or exterior reproductive organs. Now, with that said, I'm intelligent enough to be able to understand that, hmm, put myself in those shoes and things could be challenging. But on a biological level, I have to still maintain my female cow with not perfect exterior genitalia has also 
imperfect interior reproductive system and is not fully developed in her cervix. Right. That does not take away that she's still a female cow. Right. With that said, because she was a twin with a male and was exposed to high levels of testosterone, her brain may have developed with more of a bull's mentality. But she's still... Biologically. Biologically, she's still a female and she still has those female traits where she nurtures the sheep and Mm -hmm. she's still, you know... Anatomically, she is still... Anatomically, she's female. There's, There's... Yes. She may be like me. She might be a tomboy. She might be a little more rough around the edges, but she she's not a male. It is what it is. Right. But that's a bit more of where I'm learning that there are potential uh, circumstances where you may have a male born with reproductive issues or he may just be exposed to higher levels of testosterone. No, it, it wouldn't be higher levels of testosterone. It would be lower levels of testosterone. Oh, sorry, male. Male. Right. Yep. Right. Um, so I could. So that that's where the science would get into him being more likely to be gay. So this is actually a perfect example of how. This movement, this trans movement is blanketing everything and encompassing everything under certain ideology without context and without actually sharing the science Mm -hmm. behind things. Mm -hmm. And if you don't get caught, if you don't follow this certain ideology, then you're against it. Yes. Right? So it it is divisional thinking and it keeps people at odds rather than having discourse like this today, which is also why it's been so taboo for healthcare professionals to be able to speak out about Mm -hmm. this comfortably without being uh, uh, slammed by mainstream media or being ostracized or being canceled Mm -hmm. or having their license revoked for any time anybody has a different perspective, a different view, and wants to have a hard conversation around something that makes people uncomfortable. Yeah. The other thing is it marginalizes actual intersex people because those people are now the one in 20,000 that would be seen probably pretty quickly and have really good care are now being lumped in with the T ideology. And these are, again, in my opinion, which is usually correct, homophobic people that are self-homophobic. They would rather be a trans man or a trans woman than be what they really probably are, which is a gay man or woman. Mm-hmm. Or just somebody that's got autogynophilia and is confused and needs to see a therapist. Mm-hmm. Like before they turn into the Canadian military pilot that uh, sneaks into women's houses and tries on their underwear and then five years later he's murdering them and... Yeah, it started uh, Colonel Russell Williams or... Williams something Wilson? Like, I don't know. Look that up. He, this is from the Trenton Air Base um, and I'm from Belleville originally. So I remember when uh, Jessica, 
for, um, I forget her last name, when she went missing because she was one of his victims. W- Williams, yeah, Russell Do- Williams. Russell Williams. Um, it started with autogynephilia, which is mic. his preference on wearing uh, women's... His preference was wearing uh, women's underwear. And he would sneak into houses and yeah. wear their lingerie, their underwear. And it, it, it went... It kept getting bigger and bigger until the point of um, raping and killing these women. Um, Such a terrible, sad story. It, and it's it's disgusting how bad it got. Because it, I yeah. actually did some research on that years ago, and they got really close. But because he was who he was, he wasn't investigated. Status. But 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 the, the area, like he lived. Things were happening in his area, and he wasn't even. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. No. I. It's really. Yeah. I grew up there. I know. Like that's. Yeah. And, and and me being from London, um, even I was really like, God, like we all. I mean, that was scary. It was. It was it too was close really to scary. home. I I lived just a few minutes away from the mm-hmm. from the base. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, anyways okay. oh, the intersex. I just want to say, mm-hmm. Doctor So, uh, Doctor Deborah So, mm-hmm. um, she even said that intersex. Usually, those that are intersex born with um, their genitalia being maybe um, mouth deformed, deformed or um, Mm -hmm. that they generally want binary. Yes. They generally want to. They want to stay with the sex that they they were. Like if they had mm -hmm. a penis that was not quite, like his scrotum wasn't developed correctly or something. Yeah. He would grow up with the male tendencies and want to be yeah, identifying. D- so they don't generally want to identify as part of this kind of the the LGBT type movement and want the non-binary spectrum. Right. They generally just, they want to identify as the sex. So what that really tells me before we even continue is that if we would just leave these kids alone most of them would move through this and work it out, which is what's actually medical science does show. Okay, but that's still my opinion that if you just left these kids to be, that they would eventually um, figure their stuff out and they would identify. After puberty. Yes, and they would yes. identify and, and start to love that self and who they were or are rather. Um, and uh, <laughs> um, they would they would totally love who they are. Yeah. And and they would work that out and they would yeah. likely identify as just the gay individual. Right. Even some of them have statistically shown not to be though. Right. There's no there's no playbook for it. No, I think it's um this is why we're also having this conversation is because there is a war against children right now. There's um and as parents, we have a a young girl that is in the, the transition through puberty, which is also her rites of passage as she develops as a woman, mm-hmm. that we honor and support her through a challenging time right. as an adolescent. Right. Um, 100%. So our conversation, like, as a same-sex couple mm-hmm. with a daughter... Mm-hmm. And so our view is coming from both being married as women mm-hmm. and being parents. Mm-hmm. No girl enjoys going through puberty. 
I'm sorry, but I've never met one that was like, I fucking loved it. Every fucking part. I loved bleeding through my pants in grade six so that everybody saw. White that girl was my didn't favorite. bleed through something. Oh, I loved gosh. bringing pads to school in the in the 80s and 90s when they were fucking thick and big. and Felt not like you were wearing a diaper You were. Yeah. You walked down the hall yeah. and you could hear it fucking <laughs> moving and shit. Okay? It's not like today. <laughs> Okay, like it was, <laughs> so times true. were tough, bro. And they were a quarter. I mean, they were expensive. Now they've got them for free, even in the boys' bathroom. But <laughs> I mean, when we were kids, uh, they were not easy to come by. And I can remember having to like, you know, every tampon and like getting it slid. And then, you know, Jason fucking Fawcett grabs it and, you know, flings it up. And then everybody sees it. And you're on the rag. Oh, God. No, what girl likes that? Oh, we all have like I have horrifying, embarrassing stories from my from my pe- time in high school of, with my period. Like, yo, like, I, what girl doesn't? Every every right? girl does. But the first time I used a tampon, we were at Canada's Wonderland, and my friend Jody Cowles gave me a tampon, and I put it in, and then I said to her like she was standing outside the door, like she came with me, and she was waiting outside the door, and I was like, yo, this doesn't feel good, like it hurts, like. Like the plastic hurts, and she goes, "What the fuck? You're, the applicator's not supposed to go in." I did that the first time. You too. did? I don't. Even, how does that even happen? But it was a. Uh, it was cardboard. Oh my no! Mine was the plastic one, and it was like ripping my fucking vaginal wall. Yeah. Anyways, my friend thought that was fucking hilarious. I did not. I don't even remember. I don't think there there was instructions. I don't remember instructions, and I was looking at going. What? I don't get it. Well, How there was an it? instruction if you got it in a whole box, but if you're sitting in a bathroom yeah. at, you know, yeah. Wonderland, you're not going to have access to the But that, that's also generational, like what parent felt comfortable sharing and supporting a child through puberty. Mm-hmm. That also has to be a conversation and comfort in the family's home. I remember, like, I look at the boys that I was growing up with and how much they struggled with, like, the acne yeah. and the voice changing and how embarrassed they were. And my heart went out to them all the time because I'm like, this is hard. Yeah, I couldn't imagine that. Yeah. Like, well, how about the boners? How about boners? Bo- <laughs> Dude, yeah. boners were everywhere. And especially in my, in my school because all the Portuguese and fucking WAP kids and fucking Polish kids, too, for that matter, all wore jogging pants every day and their fucking boners just pop out of those it was so awful i remember watching lots of guys like try to push them down <laughs> like, oh my god <laughs> i remembered wanting to replicate it i was like how do i get a boner that looks cool <laughs> i think i had gender dysphoria okay well let's just let, let's talk about that right now that's that's a great segue to, okay in the dsm-5 let me just read you what the, okay. what the gender dysphoria because this is what the huge conversation around um trans and needing surgery um is based off of gender dysphoria okay a lot of that okay it is a strong desire to be of the other gender mm-hmm. or an insistence that one is the other gender um a strong preference for uh, cross-dressing, cross-gender roles in make-believe play or fantasy play, which oh is my God. all children. Like that's, come on. Um, a strong preference for toys, games, or activities stereotypically used or engaged in by the other gender 
Um, again, I feel like this is like all children. Um, and a strong preference for playmates of the other gender. That is not gender dysphoria. All children. I don't think that's all children, but that's me. That's a lot of kids. That's me. That's me. That was me that's, too. That's me. That was me too. Yeah. That, like, that's a lot of kids. And that's, that's not Avalyn, but like not at all. Jen, Avalyn has the most like stereotypical. No, no, of- no. You said that she liked her Superman or Batman. She liked it because I bought it for her. Oh. I wanted, look, no. I wanted to make sure that she was exposed to everything, right? Because like my mom choose. would always buy me like girly shit and I wanted boy shit. Like I wanted like um, my buddy. I wanted, that was like the boy's toy. My nice. buddy was the boy's toy. My oh, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> it was for boys. I had a my buddy. Because eventually my mom just like was like, okay, this girl's a lesbian. I'm just going to fucking buy her what she wants. Um, but but I would buy both for her. She did like Batman and she liked the cartoons, but the toys, she didn't really play with the toys all that much. She played with rescue bots, like the card, mm-hmm. like those toys. But but would she, that be considered a boy like it a would traditionally be. Gen- like male toy? It would be, right? yeah. So that's what I mean yeah. is that there's so many kids that play with all the toys, yeah, Lego, right. mm-hmm. building blocks. Mm-hmm. All kids can play with those different things. Yeah. Just because a girl isn't wanting to play with her dolls and she wants to play with the, the race cars mm-hmm. doesn't mean she has gender dysphoria. No, no. But if all she wants to do is play with her race cars, dig, get dirty, play sports, then, you know, there's a that's maybe, maybe, maybe it's just being a tomboy. Maybe but being that's, a tomboy that's what is I'm saying. gender dysphoria. I don't think there's something wrong with this child. I think she actually just has a preference for more physical yeah. activities. Let me be clear. I don't think there's anything wrong with it either. I'm just saying a tomboy and gender dysphoria sound about the same to me. That's what I mean. I don't think that this should be a classified under the DSM-5 mm, as a disorder. But like, wait, those, did you want those a dick? parts of it. Did you want a dick? Because I wanted a dick. I used to put the, I used to put the fucking thing in my pants so that when I was Robin, I would have like the bulge in my under in my underwear. I definitely saw my uncle um, shaving, and there was like a kid's uh, toy where you can like a kid's set like a shaving set and i wanted that and they gave me like a girl's thing and i was like i want the i want to shave that looks way more fun what's wrong with that i want that <laughs> i guess we had gender dysphoria I mean, listen we're three lesbians sitting here all <laughs> yeah you can say no till you're blue in the face but i don't avalyn didn't want to shave her face and so i just to me she's a very fucking mm-hmm. she's a very typical girl who was allowed to have whatever she wanted, and sometimes that was riding her bike. Yeah, and you gave she was her into that, right? Yes, yeah, um, freedom to be totally. who she wanted. Hundred percent right? freedom yes. to be who she wanted. But, exactly. But there's no doubt that she leans way more female and feminine stereotypical than male. Like Absolutely. there's no yes. doubt. Yes. So anyway, but it's interesting because the three of us all grew up more uh, tomboyish. Yeah. Um, and we were lesbians. You and wrestled. We were just, I did karate. Yeah. Um, like played hockey, rugby, hockey. Okay. Yeah. She danced and does art. Art. So and makeup. Yeah. And rides a bike. Well, yeah. I mean, not even. And since puberty, she's not really. Yeah. Since puberty's starting, like it's it's changing, right? And yeah. that's that's a normal transition developmentally, right? So the this DSM-5 criteria also says that um, 
There's a strong rejection of sex typical toys, games, and activities, a strong dislike of one's sexual anatomy. Pause for a second. One's uh, dislike of one's sexual anatomy. That I think is also part of the natural transition of puberty that it is uncomfortable with the changes. I remember when my boobs were coming in that I was like, they look gross. This mm-hmm. looks gross. because Well, it- because again, the TV is showing you and the magazines are showing you beautiful, right. perfect, uh, touched up. Even right. in the 80s, that shit was totally. touched up, man. People think that, no. The that magazines, was, no. the teen magazines. No. Those girls much all had. Much music. If, if, you, yeah. if you met those girls in person, they had acne. Mm-hmm. But on the cover of Teen Beat magazine, they did right. not have acne. So then it also comes down to a cultural thing and a societal sure. uh, conditioning of what's, what is actual health, mm-hmm. what is healthy development and what versus what are we being programmed to think it was ideal? Yes. Right. Who we should be. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I also think that the the dislike of one's sexual anatomy is also um, family intergener. It can be intergenerational mm, trauma. One hundred percent. If there's shame, absolutely, in their own sexuality or their own biology, where we can't even say yeah. penis or vagina, and we have to say. Oh, your itty bitties, or um, I don't know, your hoo ha. We don't, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That th- there's already shame that we're passing yeah. down through our family. Same as if they, same as if it's body dysmorphia, like my, like my family, like the that fe- is, yeah, same thing, right? Because if yeah. you, if you, if I, like I grew up with my mom constantly, um, talking negatively about herself and standing in the mirror and like grabbing herself and being like blah blah blah. Yeah. It one hundred percent. When I was uh, going through puberty, I found myself doing the mm. exact same thing, and I and I, I and I was like a I was like so. When I look back at pictures, I'm just I see now that I had that because I was so I was fucking so cute and so petite, and I thought I was so fat and ugly. My it was so crazy. We so the baby boomers that generation. I think that there's a lot of. I think there's a lot of trauma because they right came out of the mm-hmm. war and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. my mom also experienced that too. And there was a general dislike for her own body. And that came through. Mm-hmm. That's a lot on my maternal side. Um, so there was, I wasn't taught self-love. Mm-hmm. I wasn't taught that. Yeah. And so I also think that this journey in our life is learning to fully love every part of ourselves. And if we're not taught that, we're taught that if I don't look a certain way, then I'm not good enough. Yeah. And so now we're, we're creating, mm-hmm. we're planting mm-hmm. the seeds for the younger generations yeah. that they aren't good enough as the way they are and they need to alter themselves. And then now look at AI, look at the right. internet, look at everything. It's just right. all girls are fake. That's why like there's a... No, no names. There's a girl um, that maybe we've um, discussed and... I don't think it, she's attractive because it's fake to me. Fake, 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 fake. And I don't like fake. Fake, well, nothing fake is attractive to me. Yeah. I think that we're starting to, because there's that's frequency. Just remember that that's frequency to 
look a certain way to get your hair done, to get your eyelashes done, to get your body altered, to dress a certain way, nails, like you're, you're projecting Mm -hmm. a certain image and that's a certain energetic frequency that you don't resonate with. Yeah. Yeah. You resonate with something that is. Yeah. Also, you know, it, it feeds into, um, getting back onto the trans topic. It feeds into woman face. Okay. It feeds into these fucking men dressing up as women and, like cry like I'm so emotional today I'm crying I'm 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 definitely feeling like a woman now and it's like no I'm sorry fuck face but this is not what being a woman is being a woman is not um getting lashes and nails and doing your hair and makeup and having girl talk that does not equate to being a woman No. That is not what being a woman is. A 13-year-old girl on her phone, on her bed with her feet kicked up, on her banana phone in the 80s, like, what's up? Like, that's what what they're saying is like that fucking Dylan Mulvaney. Don't fucking turn my mic down. That fucking (laughs) Dylan Mulvaney on his fucking stupid channel and all he does is is like dress like a cheerleader and dance and kick and cry. And he's saying that's being a, a I'm learning how to be a teenage He's dishonoring womanhood. 100% he is. Uh, it's, it's an absolute disgrace to 100%. women. 100%. Yeah. He's, he's, he's making a fucking mockery out of a girl becoming a woman. Yeah. And you cannot put on fucking makeup and tell me that you are a fucking woman. You cannot take some estrogen for a year and tell me that you're a fucking woman. Especially after doing all this research. I am so much more convinced than ever, than ever before, Hmm. that 90% of these fucking clowns dressing up as women, even the children, are fucking clown in clown world and they are not but the fucking poor bastards that are born with these reproductive internal external issues are being made a mockery of Mm. and those people would have otherwise just lived their lives as they want which is like trying to love themselves trying to be okay with themselves the other stuff that these retards are fucking bringing in, the the men in the women's sports and those poor kids that are those actual people, I just feel so bad because they're getting lumped in with all these mentally ill, mostly men, but unfortunately, a f- quite a few women now. Yeah. Because, the, you know, this is something um statistically that did not affect women by the way people until like five to ten years ago okay i'm not saying that it didn't exist i'm simply saying it was more rare for female than it is for male okay Mm. so women were typically not identifying as men they were identifying as what they were butch fucking women Yep. Okay. Mm. And now they're identifying as male. Right. Mm. But that was statistically not happening until this woke fucking trans movement. Hmm. I have a question uh, with like the gender dysphoria and the, what else was on there? Like, like if the percentage of people who do transition, if you were to go back into their childhood, would all of these people have these things like is this a simple pathway to see if a child might be trans or might want to consider transitioning like if a kid has gender dysphoria 
gender. What was the other thing? Um, um, no, that was, oh, uh, autogynophilia. Are you talking about that or? No, like more like I play with the guy's toys. Oh, I don't like my, like my breasts. Like are right, all the these strong things... preferences for the yeah. opposite gender stereotypical activities. Is that like a, like a step way, like a, like two, this kid is on the path to that. Like, have you? I have done a lot. I, I could probably answer yeah. the question, but you, you answer it first in, in your way. My, my view on it is that organically, our, as children grow up, they're developmentally, part of finding out who you are is through play. Like that's how kids learn, just like how animals learn. Like you learn through play mm. um, and you learn through trying on different things and uh, make believe. And I think if we just allow children to be children and also naturally go through their dif different developmental stages without interference right. and pushing them down mm. a certain path or altering their bodies in any way, but to allow natural puberty to unfold and to support them mm -hmm. through the transition into adulthood from a place of self-love, compassion, and worthiness, they're going to develop a stronger self-identity and self-esteem for them to later decide, if I need to change and, and evolve into whoever else I need to evolve into, which is again, natural human experience, even as adults, we're constantly shedding old self and 100%. stepping into the new. But um, to, to allow a child to alter something so sacred as a rite of passage into adulthood, where we're blocking it completely or altering or cutting their bodies up. It's permanent. Well, it's, it, they say it's not permanent, but puberty blockers are permanent. And surgery is trauma to the body that can take decades to heal yeah. and if we're going to encourage several surgeries mm -hmm. are we informing the family on how much trauma we're creating no because the family most of the time doesn't have any input because now if you live in communist canada <laughs> the parents don't even have a say all the kid has to do is say my parents don't make me feel safe and then they're, you're, they're gone they're, they'll come in literally like i know of a i know a factual story a guy told me that the, the his daughter could call this number. She calls the number, the ambulance comes, no sirens, and texts her when they're there. And then she comes down, puts herself in the fucking ambulance, and they take her away. And the parents get up and she's gone. The guardians, the, the actual guardians of that child are losing their rights. We as parents should, we are the protectors, not the state, not the government. Not in Canada. Not, and that's, Unless that you is live a in very, Alberta. Unless, that's why a lot of people have moved to Alberta because it's a really slippery slope yeah. to uh, the government raising your child. Yeah. And I mean, they already partially do because the kids are being raised by it's, somebody it's crazy. paid by the government it's crazy. all day long. All day long. That's, that's the whole goal. Get them out of the house faster. Get you back to work quicker yep. so that I can get my fucking hands on them and indoctrinate them. So I'll answer your question now. Yeah. Dr. Jess is on the scene. <laughs> if Dr. Jess is on the scene, if you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> so statistically, most of these kids, if you just let, let them be, would actually um, 
develop to be heterosexual like their yeah, like, normal heterosexual selves yeah. there's there is a a high percentage that would be gay mm. if left alone they would they would uh, end up like me mm. they would just end up like a gay or bisexual person mm. okay um the problem is is that now they're skewing data and science the pseudoscience of like the junk science of the gender studies people that use qualitative versus quantitative. Qualitative. Okay. Yeah. okay thank you. Qualitative. <laughs> thank you very much. Appreciate that. I don't want to make a mistake. And, um, and they're misrepresenting or they're throwing out data that doesn't align with the, the results that they want. So they'll take kids out of studies that aren't showing the signs that they want them to show yeah. or parents that won't put them on blockers. So we're just not now, unfortunately, we're just not, we had, I think that there's great science from uh, the seventies, eighties, nineties, and early two thousands. But I think that a lot of the recent stuff is very skewed because there's just no way. Now, I mean, I do believe that, um, our environment is is impacting women's health, reproductive health, which is which is creating, like mm -hmm. Alex Jones said twenty years ago, that the frogs they're turning the frogs gay, and everyone laughed. And there's that's a, true. There's a study that shows that if you give them enough of these chemicals that we are exposed to on a regular basis, that these frogs will turn. It's crazy. Wow. Well, it's it's uh, fish too. It's like crazy it's because women the increase of birth control being prescribed yeah. to women and then women are urinating into the water right. system. Right. We're putting, we're uh, peeing out all these yeah. hormones, high estrogen. Yeah. Right? And it, it alters yeah. the, our environment. And you wonder why all males today seem beta. Yeah. And it's, it's something that I find funny because I can remember even in recent years being around kids and thinking, that's not what kids looked like. Okay, like yesterday, we had this encounter with these grade nines from John Paul High School in London. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, <laughs> it, was a, it was a lovely encounter. It started yeah. out rocky. It was lovely. But um, I remember I was like interacting with them and I was looking at them and I'm thinking... I mean, I, they, they, were not they were not as mature looking to me. They were, they looked like children. They looked really young. And when I was in grade nine, like the guys had mustaches. That's true. Like guys had mustaches. Like uh, these guys looked very adolescent to me. Hmm. They just, anyway, it just caught me. It just, it just, I thought it was funny. I just thought, I just, I think they look so young and so like boyish we both saw that but i also think as i've gotten older my perspective keeps changing because when i was young when i was right Is you know our I'm daughter's old? age yeah you know they looked older then right, right. so it's i got you know it's I, also I know. Can be perspective I'm, it's, it's but, true i'm old now so it's um, true hmm. it's true um wow anyway so so honest like the, the honest science of it has shown me that most of these kids if they were just left alone would be yeah would just would just find that there are just women that yes it, it actually is biological that more men 
uh, are geared more towards construction and technology. That's just, that's science. That's also their brain, that's, that, right? There's that's a, what I mean. a brain difference between a female and a male. But, but in this book, she's saying that they're not allowed to say that. There are actually scientists that, scientists that are saying there's no difference between the female and male brain. And, and there's We've, just like so much evidence to show that they're just so different. But that doesn't mean that like there can't be people that have different brains than others. Like everyone's brain is different, but lesbians do have different brains than heterosexual women. Slight differences, not big differences, but gay men and heterosexual women have, like I mentioned before, a similar so, so it, it, there are differences, obviously, and there's similarities. And if you're gay or straight, that affects things. Um, but, but everybody's different. And to say that, to say that men and women have no difference in the brain and that the brains are the same is, is absurd. It's absurd. For, you know, the, you know, during the COVID era, when everything was focused on being science-based, what, how how come we can be so science based on that, yeah. but not on this giant topic that impacts physical, mental, emotional, spiritual health? Mm-hmm. Think of it for a moment. Like the, the we're what just watch the trends. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's let's just focus on the trends of society because um, there is not there growing up. It was rare to meet as a trans person. Mm-hmm. Super rare. One in 20,000? It was also rare to meet mm-hmm. gay people. Mm-hmm. Like in high school, like I could, like maybe a handful of people mm-hmm. I knew that were gay. And mm-hmm. people were pretty comfortable. Um, not at the beginning because they were going through puberty still, but later in high school, people sure. were pretty comfortable like showing up more as themselves or figuring things out. Mm-hmm. And um, again, natural development, right? Right. Um, now... If you look at our society, we have an increase in mental health issues. Mm-hmm. We also have an like an increase in different disorders, like new disorders coming out. We also have a difference in thirty percent of the youth and adolescent uh, and young people identifying mm. in the alphabet soup mafia. Yeah. So does that is there a correlation to that? Well, there has to be a correlation because there. If you look at the trends. I mean, common sense happens faster than science, right? Like we can watch and see the trends that are happening and mm-hmm. we are experiencing it through our own stories and from our friends' right. stories as being like, yeah, my kid's saying they're trans, but like, I know they're not. But their friends are also saying that they're trans. And there's also a trend at school that if you are if you identify as trans, mm-hmm. you are like yeah. raised up, yeah, right? Like, And the teachers are like raising you up. So um, it's almost encouraged, and if you are just heterosexual, you're all you're on you're on the outs. Mm-hmm. Like it's not cool to be it's mm-hmm. not cool to be heterosexual. It's mm-hmm. it's like completely reversing things. Yeah. Does it remind you of anything? Like it's just so funny. Does it rem- does it remind you of like I'm thinking like '94, and it's like all of a sudden, if you're not a grunge skater, you're a fucking loser. <laughs> so if you're if you're not in like Old 1970s corduroy fucking bell mod bottoms. robes. No bell bottoms. Oh, like I grew you, up with the mod robes. We grew up with fad. mod robes too, but that oh. was like for comfy. That wasn't every day. That oh. wasn't. You had to be like cool. You had to look like Kurt Cobain or you were a loser. Well, how about this? Have you ever you've heard the theory that when society is on the downfall, that the first to go is gender, 
and because we know that the world is is going that Mm -hmm. way and it's obviously swinging way far to trans lgbt lgbtq like is it going to swing the other way haven't you also ever heard that um the initial stages of communism is taking away gender exactly eliminating identity eliminating identity so yeah yeah, like that's the first thing that's that's the the ushering in of communism is make nobody is an individual everybody it's for the it's for the uh greater good the greater good of all yeah you are there's a word i'm trying to think of that i can't think of like as one it's called oh collective the collective is more important than the individual the collective is is more important than it's not a coincidence Mm-hmm. that it's happening now and That's right mm-hmm. right but it's like but you know it's scary but not to take away from the scariness of it because it is like it, because there's so much other stuff right now that looks like communism that's happening but i'm just trying to say like you know in the in the late 90s it was that and then it was um uh goth and then it was em- em- emos 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 Emo. 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 And see, the problem with emos is that those emos are now these are now these uh, thirty fucking five year old activists. These crazy. That's who they are. That's who they are. Well, generally, activists also aren't representative of the collective or that that whole demo, uh, demographic group. Mm. Activists are also the ones that are the most vocal. Mm-hmm. So they 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 represent a certain person. Yeah. Right. But they they don't represent the whole. No. No, it's true. It's like the LGBTQ alphabet soup mm-hmm. community. We don't feel connected to that and we don't we don't support it because Well, I don't support pedophilia. So um therefore I cannot um support a group that would attach that to itself and not question it. And when you question it, um they tell you that you're a a a an a, a hater, a phobe, a transphobe, or a homophobe. Even yeah, name, even if they name gay. call. Okay, cool. yeah. If you cool. don't agree with them, they cool. use name calling. This is child behavior. They can have they can have flags, okay. But if a if a guy walks into a store and says, "Hello, ma'am, could you please? Are you a flag making store? Yes, sir, I am. Thank you. Could you please make me a flag? Yes, I can. Okay, I'd like a heterosexual flag." Well, I can't make that for you. <laughs> but ma'am, you've got a pedophilia flag here and a trans flag here and a British flag here and my favourite footy team flag here. <laughs> What's wrong with this flag? <laughs> oh, my God. You're a homophobe, transphobe, racist man and you're white and you're a coloniser and you must leave my store now. <laughs> wow i like that voice i just made it up that was great that was so good that was great but like that's, why but no that's true why? it's true if you can if if we're really talking about equality yes okay yeah. and uh you want to have a okay just example uh parade for the gays yeah. okay um and you want to hang pride flags everywhere okay cool can heterosexuals do the same uh, and if they're not, but which society says no, that's not okay mm-hmm. because you're not being inclusive. Mm-hmm. You're being a complete hypocrite. That is so hypocritical. It's the same as Black Lives Matter. Can I make a flag that says White Lives Matter? No, because then you're a white nationalist Nazi. 
But like, wait a minute, why, why do you get to have, why do you have that flag? We know that black lives matter. Every life matters. All lives matter. So, so making an, a black lives matter flag leaves out Asian people, Caucasian people. It leaves out everybody else. So... It's the same concept of in, in the schools where we're boosting up only the trans kids because they're identifying as trans, but... How come we aren't just boosting up all kids? Like their their esteem, self esteem is important for everybody, mm-hmm. and just treat everybody equal instead of, mm-hmm. oh, so and so is now saying yeah. that they're this yeah. versus what happened to um, um, supporting the child based off of their own merit and their accomplishments. Yeah, yeah. and and yeah. but but like you said, all kids, and that's true. Like obviously, we should we should try to boost all children, but. But the meritocracy is a great point. Like when I was a kid, you know, um, if you played on a on a hockey team that, you know, went to whatever, I, I can remember getting my name on the announcements because we won a medal somewhere. And I wore it to school, of course, you know, like and and you got like, hey, like congratulations to congratulations to Jessica's hockey team this weekend. They, you know, won the tournament and whatever. And I'd wear my mouth, oh, yeah, 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 what's up? Want my picture? What's up, yo? Um, we should be celebrating kids that do that. We should be, we should be. Their they, accomplishments. They, they put those in a are lot of profound. Work. Those are also rites of passage in their yeah. own life, right? Yeah. Natural accomplishments also boost their own pride and their, their sense of um, belonging and purpose. <laughs> We don't we don't boost them up in this world based off of um, a label of identity to say right. now you belong in this world because right. you identify as trans. Right. Oh, and then by the way, if you want to not identify as trans, your identity shattered again, and you're fucked again. For a lot of like the the young kids that are on social media whose parents are both working and they're left to their own devices, and they're struggling with self-identity they're struggling maybe with depression maybe they're experiencing bullying maybe they just feel lost around like who they are maybe they haven't worked on any self-love because their parents don't know that themselves and here they are scrolling through social media and they find that that guy that dresses it that puts on makeup and says jeffrey yeah that that grooms children that this is grooming he goes i'm your family I'm your family. Ew. Come home to me. I Ew. I will love you no matter what. Ew. Right? Groomer. I think that's a good segue into the groomer uh, conversation you want to have. Oh, yeah? You want to? Okay. Okay. Well, that's we can. Point. I still think we haven't started. I still think we haven't started yet because I didn't go through my... We'll, we'll, cu- we'll circle back. <laughs> we'll, we'll... Okay. So <laughs> if you want to talk about grooming, because it's such a word that's thrown around mm-hmm. so much right now. And I know that recently I called somebody a groomer and she got very angry with me. But, um, I mean, if you want to keep a secret, no matter who that child is and you're not their parent, no matter whether you think that parent is a good parent or is going through something or not, if there's a child and they've told you a secret and it's not like, I like red popsicles the best. (laughs) Yeah. But if it's like, um, at school they kill me, Selma, and uh, I get to use the girls' bathroom now. Um, and you decide that that's a secret that you want to keep, um, that makes you a groomer. So, sorry about that. But, but to keep that, fr- that information from the parent and then that child's um, 
having this secret with another adult. Yeah, like, I mean, do you think that teaches them? Safety? <laughs> like. That's not, that's not teaching a child safety with adults. Yeah. That's, that's the opposite. Yeah. Like that. And you know what? To that person, um, have your own fucking kids. Okay. You're so concerned about kids. Have your own kids. Um, you, you may not think that that parent is the best parent and you know what? That parent might not be the best parent, but that's that kid's parent and that's their journey. This is part of the woke ideology is that blank, it's blanketing all parents are bad, Mm -hmm. that parents are against you and that you're safer at school with parents that aren't with, uh, sorry, teachers or schoolmates or whoever that aren't your family, they know what's better for you. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. they're with you, at school, those kids are in that mm-hmm. system mm-hmm. for more waking hours than they are at home. Mm-hmm. It's true. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's true. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah, a great point. It does feed into the grooming piece because um, children are easily swayed and influenced. This is the, the demographic. That's why they're. That's why we are their parents, their, um, their caregivers, because we are the ones that are in charge of their safety. Mm-hmm. And because they are so highly influenced and malleable, mm-hmm. that they are more, they are the vulnerable population. And that's also why as a parent, we're getting, it does get us heated because this is, this has been a war on children and safety. And we are losing our own rights as parents the more that we allow this to continue to happen. And any parent, or any anybody that speaks out against this stuff, if you're getting slammed with hate, it's because people, I, I, there's a good chance they don't have their own children or they don't understand um, or that they are getting swept up in this certain ideology and this certain programming yeah. rather than just <clears throat> sitting down having discourse. Mm-hmm. They can't have discourse. Hmm. So find out. Okay, you, have, have you have a whole bunch of stuff. Get yourself sorted here. Oh, I'm ready. You ready? I'm for okay. You to shut up. All right. <laughs> okay. Let's hear it. Okay. First, I want to read you Wikipedia because the internet is, is always so right. But it's just so funny because this is, I want everyone here to know just how like, if you don't know how to research and dig stuff up, this is where things get fucked. Okay. Because here's what Wik- Wikipedia is going to tell you about the famous John Money. Okay, New Zealand American psychologist and sexologist. John William Money was a New Zealand American psychologist, sexologist, and professor at John Hopkins University, known for his research on human sexual behavior and gender. Hmm. Wow, cool, right? He sounds like a great guy. Okay, in reality, in reality, that was the Wikipedia's that's description. That's the Wikipedia of him. description. Okay. Okay. But. Um, I'm going to give you one case of, uh, David Reimer, um, and his twin brother who are, um, born totally fine. They're not, they have no malfunction or dysfunction. Um, except, uh, David, uh, has a botched circumcision. Okay. And so, uh, the other brother obviously poor guy or lucky guy I should say he doesn't get his circumcision the parents say yeah okay we're going home okay so they're told to go they're Canadian they're from Winnipeg they're told to go to Florida and go to see this John Money who's 
this renowned uh, sexologist and he's going to help them. So he takes the two boys and uh, he tells the parents after examining the boy that the penis should be cut off and they should try to turn it into uh, female genitalia as best as they can and raise him as a girl. Because he told them that, and this is where all your fucking trans bullshit ideologies, queer theory is based on his research, okay? He tells the parents that um, he should be raised a girl because gender, sex is not biological. It's learned behavior. So the parents take the advice, cut whatever poor little dick this poor little guy's got left off and raise him as a girl. Now he's... um, ridiculed, made fun of, um, presents very masculine and is not interested in anything feminine, but is forced to wear and act as if he's a girl and thinks he's a girl because he doesn't know any different, even though he doesn't feel like a girl. And every single year for like 14 years, they have to go to Florida and meet with John Money and go through these exams and tests and whatever. So what the parents think is happening and what's really happening are two very different things. So the parents assume he's being examined and talked to. The boys are actually being stripped naked and they're having to act out sexual positions and interactions together and touch each other and look at each other's genitals and etc. Okay, it's horrifying to read this information it's horrifying sexual abuse it's horrifying yeah awful okay um now finally at 14 years old david says to his dad if you make me go for the visit this year i'm going to kill myself so the dad says fine we're not going i still don't think the parents at this point know what's been going on Mm -hmm. um and then at 15 His dad pulls him aside and says, okay, this is what happened. So at 15, he he chooses, again, think about this. If, If it's just his choice, why wouldn't he choose to live as the female? Because he doesn't have a penis, okay? But no, he chooses to live as the biological sex that he was created and born as um and uh goes on to marry a woman with two kids of her own um obviously he can't reproduce and commit suicide at 38 and i you know i think his brother died too i think his brother committed suicide yeah they both did okay and this is what this is what all you people out there that tell me that I'm a cunt and I'm fat and I'm grotesque in my opinions. This is the fucking research that your fucking retarded uh, scientists, quote unquote, are basing their research on. And there, there's thousands of children that he's seen and that he worked with. So is he the one that also created the flag? The trans flag? Who who created mm. it? There was somebody else, but he was also a pedophile. Yes. And the, the light pink and the light blue mm-hmm. colors symbolize pedophilia preferences. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, because the little girl the mm-hmm. is pink and the boy is blue. Yeah. And then you've got all the symbols and signs in yeah, other things yeah. as well. But all this is so disturbing. It's mm-hmm. so um, <clears throat> revolting and stomach turning that if you're listening and you never knew any of this, I'm sorry, but it's it's truth and it's hard to hear. And having a, a visceral reaction to that is a normal Having a visceral reaction means that you have hope. There's hope for you. Because if you listen to that and go, meh, meh, guess what? You're a pedophile. Sorry, you might have been abused as a child and that sucks and you weren't um, helped and that sucks even more. But you need to get help now. Because if you listen to any of that and think, hmm, you're a pedophile. Yeah, it's a normal healthy response to feel disturbed by that. Sorry. Yeah. Okay, now we have to move on to Alfred Kinsey because he is a a friend of John Money. They're uh, acquaintances and... um, Okay, so Kinsey, who... The Kinsey Institute, um, you can look this up if you want to do some research on him because he's another one that's fucking disgusting. Um, But they just honored him. They just um, put up a statue... And uh, because people like pedophiles now, they take down Sir John A. Macdonald's statue, but they put up Kinsey's, uh, the Kinsey Institute. He was doing the same kind of disgusting fucking pedophilic shit and uh, at a university. Um, but I can't remember. You could look it up, but I can't remember. I have too much information in my brain right now. Um, okay, so but this is what he said. So this is someone that people, again, they base theories on his research. Okay, so um, he says... Um, he has a, a lot of great stats, but here's one that is worth questioning. 50% of men, this is his stat, okay? I'm, I'm saying this to you in very sarcastic manner if you don't know it, because he's a liar and his research is very flawed. This is one of his quotes. 50% of men have engaged in sex with animal animals. What? He also, it's also said... That while it's not necessarily natural, sex with animals is not immoral, but moral. Period. Okay? That's Alfred Kinsey of the Kinsey Institute. It's a fucking big branch of... Can you look it up? Because these people need to hear... It's at a very prestigious school. The Kinsey. K-I-N-S-E-Y. Kinsey Institute. I just can't remember. So that's one of his many, many, many... Um, statistics that he's come up with. He was a zoologist. What? Yep. <clears throat> and studying like human. Oh, that's why the, the whole animal thing, the bestiality <clears throat> came up. Yeah. That's probably his own. But he's. Um, What's his, his first name? Alfred. It's it's horrifying stuff. Um, and. Ugh. Um, you know, like smudge after all this. Right? Ugh. Um. Uh, for more than 75 years, the, the Kinsey Institute at Indiana University has been trusted source for scientific knowledge and, re- on, and research on critical issues in sexuality, gender, and reproduction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that guy that we're, ba- that we're yeah, you're, we love you. you th- we think that you're <laughs> great. And he also thinks it's great to fuck animals. Hmm. He thinks it's completely moral. And he's going to tell you, and, and I didn't read the full thing, but in that whole quote, he talked about how a lot of it was farm. Like, he's trying to say that if you're rural, but but 50% of men would fuck animals. No problem. Hmm. And I just do not think in any way, shape, or form that that's true. I, I think that there's a very sick number of individuals that would do that. 
I just think like unhealthy I, people. Just like, like I think they're probably the same. And I'm not going to say it. But. but I guess this comes back around to like, okay, all the kids, everybody that is experiencing mental health issues need mental health supports. Mm-hmm. They need psychotherapy, right? They yeah. need a community that are supportive and loving, that, but that don't. I think the problem is all this affirmative care and affirmative action to um, get kids into transition early is a horrifying, uh, not science or evidence-based practices, I I don't believe, because we don't have the long-term data. And also, all the kids, we're we're, we're completely ignoring all the detransitioners that have spoken out and how... Mental health is yeah. higher for those that have transitioned. Yeah. Suicidality and depression is even higher. We are going to talk at, about detransitioning for sure at the at the end because I think that's a big fucking part of this. Hmm. Big fucking part of that. But, you know, but the science, the science is there though. But the science is not what they're telling you it is. I think it's skewed. I think it's, I think, what or what... So uh, mainstream media mm-hmm. or certain this is pushing this the kind of woke ideology mm-hmm. around it again blanketing it all yeah. as this with without yeah. giving any context any again having discourse around all the other factors that are involved main ones being mental health and trauma yeah yeah hmm. we're neglecting the key factors that are around somebody somebody being well. Okay, well, Jess, yeah. what other... Okay. Um, where do you want to go? I think we're going to go... I think we're going to start at the basics because I think it's important that people understand oh, yeah. okay. some really basic stuff, which we should have probably done at the beginning, but whatever. Um, because I do think it's important that people understand the very basics because we're just taught so much crap that's just completely wrong. And I... I'm someone that didn't know. So it seems important to educate you guys a little bit too. So let's start first with the battle against biology, okay? So um, I'm, I'm, I asked a question earlier. These guys got it wrong, and I, I thought it was pretty funny. So I'm going to ask it to the audience. Um, do you guys know the difference between sex research slash sexology and gender woman studies? Is there a difference or are they the same? I'm asking you guys in your head right now, you guys, what do you think? Are you thinking, um, yeah, they're probably the same thing, or you're either saying they're not the same thing. The answer is they are not the same thing. And I 100% would have thought that gender studies and sexology slash sex research was 100% the same thing, yeah. but it is not the same thing. Um, sex research slash, slash sexology refers to scientific uh, disciplines that are quantitative 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 thank you quantitative um quantitative methods such as statistics to understand human sexuality and gender now related disciplines are biology neuroscience and medicine Mm. when done properly uh sex research is rigorous um, because science is designed to eliminate bias and confounding variables so you know that what you find is legit Okay, so I think that's important because that's we have to start at the basics here. Okay, now gender studies tends to use qualitative methods. Oh, so I was right. It was quantitative. 
No, quantitative. Quantitative. Yeah. My bad. I was wrong. Quantitative. And this uses qualitative, okay? Which would be like an interview and an audio ethnograph. Hmm. What? Huh. Okay. So, um, no, ethnography. Auto ethnography. What's that? That is diary entries. Hmm. That's okay? for qualitative studies. So, yeah. right. so um, this is not scientific. You understand that? Me telling you a story about how I feel is isn't necessarily um scientific. Right. We're not using um qualitative studies are getting people's stories generally mm-hmm. and then you can um get better perspectives and an understanding and awareness and so you get more information, but the quantitative research is is data right? So you're right. collecting hard data, factual data. Exactly. That it's measurable. Right. Because, yes. because facts don't care about your feelings. Yep. Okay. That's just, but no, that's, that's true. true. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Your feelings and your diary entries are great. But if you're a mentally disturbed fucking man with autogynephilia, guess what? That needs to be taken into consideration. Yep. Okay. Now, um, I want to talk about some myths because I think this is extremely important. Okay, so myth number one, biological biological sex is a spectrum. Now, five, seven, eight years ago, I would have agreed. No, 10 years ago when I first started CrossFit. No, my whole life I would have agreed, okay? Mm -hmm. Until I started CrossFit and realized that no matter, wow, and I should have learned this playing co-ed hockey, but, you know, I think when you play co-ed hockey, for the most part, most of the guys are nice and they're not out there to kill you. Right. So when there is a mix-up and something happens and you get laid the fuck out, which has happened to me, I really should have known then, like, oof, like... That's rough. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah. instead of... Anyway, yeah. you understand what I'm trying to say, I yeah. think, but... Um, but it's not a spectrum. And I, I just don't understand how, oh, I do understand how people are programmed into thinking that it is because so was I. Sorry, what are they saying is a spectrum? Okay. <clears throat> Biological sex is either male or female. Sex is defined not by chromosomes or our genitalia or hormonal profiles, but by gametes, which are mature reproductive cells. Two types of gametes, small ones called sperm, produced by males, and large ones called eggs, produced by females. No intermediate type of gametes. Therefore, sex is binary. It is not a spectrum. Right. Right. That's biology. That's biology. Simple biology. So people can say that sex, and they want to change it now to gender, is a spectrum, but it is not. Right. Gender is now becoming a social construct where we're creating out of it what we want, essentially. Right. But when we look at the biology, yeah. that, that <clears throat> doesn't change. And we're, that's what we're looking at because biology also defines um, our brain development. It, define, it defines a lot of aspects of, mm-hmm. uh, all pretty well, aspects of our physiology. Mm-hmm. But the gender ideology that's that we're getting confronted with in society is pushing a spectrum 
Mm-hmm. And so that we have to be able to separate the two and recognize that no matter, you can say all those things and think all those things and you can identify as whatever you want, but that doesn't negate the fact that you are a binary, either mm-hmm. sex, yeah, uh, which is male or female. Those are your chromosomes. Yeah. Yes. Well, so that's those f- are your gametes, not gametes. So, but not not chromosomes. Those are your those gametes. are your gametes. Those are your gametes. Gametes. Yep. So <clears> then <throat> the the chromosomes. I'll talk about that in a second. Okay. <laughs> you keep going. It goes. I'll talk about that in a second. Um, okay. So gender identity is how we feel in relation to our sex regarding whether we feel masculine or feminine. Okay. So my gender identity is kind of in the middle. I don't feel like a man, and I certainly feel like a woman, but I feel more masculine. I don't get excited about going to shop for clothes. I get excited about going to shop for hunting gear. Hell yeah. Or like farm gear or carpenter gear. Or camo pants. Or camo pants. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But like I don't want to go shopping for like new clothes like it's just i don't i don't want to um i don't get excited about baking pie doesn't mean that i won't or that i'm not good at it because i have Mm -hmm. but i'm not um excited about spending my day in the kitchen i would rather be out working doing chores um shooting a bow working with the tractor building with building something yeah. And that re- refers to... And that refers to my gender idea- identity. Identity, okay. Okay? Yep. Yep. Now, gender expression is the external manifestation of our gender identity. Right. Or how we express our gender through appearance. Whereas you, you dress more feminine than me. Yes. If it's a spectrum. Yes, but more right. masculine than her. Than Jen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we're, we're at the spectrum right here. But yes. see, like, it, we are the spectrum because she's, like, she's on the female <clears throat> femme end. Yeah. And I'm probably more in the middle, in the middle to the masculine end. Yeah. And then you're more, like, your yeah. masculine end. Yeah. So 100%. you and her are opposites. Opposite. And me mm-hmm. and you are somewhere in the middle. Yeah. It's interesting. You're in the middle. You're in the middle. You're in the middle. But I'm more... You think I'm in the middle? You're in the middle. Okay, I'm in the middle. Fine. <laughs> okay, whatever. You had to wear your Levi's jeans. Come on, you're in the true, middle. True. <laughs> okay. That's fine. Okay, I can, I can, I can, that's true. I am. Mm. Okay, so we get that now. Yep. So um, my gender uh, identity is more masculine and I express that through dressing mediary. Like I still like to be feminine and, yep. and uh, I'm not butch, but I definitely am not femme. Yes. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So then um, similar to sex, gender... Um, both with regard to identity and expression is biological. It is not a social construct, nor it is, nor is it divorced from anatomy or sexual orientation. Biology, not society, dictates whether we are gender typical or atypical. The extent to which we identify as the sex we were born and as the partners we are attracted to. And this refers to gender. Nope. Yeah. This yep. is similar to sex gender. Yep. Wow. So gender is with regard to identity and expression. Hmm. It's bio it's it's biological. Okay. It's not a social construct. I get for filling out your forms for your driver's license or filling out the different things that we it was traditionally 
and in some cases still is traditionally under sex. The category is sex. Are mm-hmm. you male or female? Mm-hmm. Um, and now the switch to gender is now around how do you identify, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So it, it, I can see how um, it's causing a huge ripple effect of issues. This yeah. is a big effect for many reasons. And this is why I'm saying these poor fucking intersex people that really are the ones that have the issue um, is just more confusing and bureaucratical than anything that it needs to be. Like the amount of gray area now where you can have a biological man in female situations because of the way I identify is quite scary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's quite scary because now with all these loopholes, with all of the how do you identify versus mm-hmm. what sex are you? Right. Right. Okay, great. You identify as a couch. Fine. Our identity is constantly changing though. Mm-hmm. So. That's true. Like, right? That's like our true. identity is constantly changing. I guess the, the main concern that I have with with this push in our society is that um, when we're, when we are the protectors of the vulnerable say the children so anybody under 18 um if we give them permission to constantly change what they identify as because uh, abby wanted to be elsa for a while she also like she changed she wanted she, if she could have been yeah, i don't even things, think you know? she wanted to be elsa she was just obsessed with elsa and yeah. wanted to play with all the things and wear the dress right. but right. at night she, she didn't be like call me elsa no like no, she no. knew that that was just like right right yeah yeah, she still knew she was Avalyn. Yeah. Yeah. But that's why I, I think is the main concern is that we're we're um forgetting actual healthy parenting mm-hmm. and um healthy child development and we're letting children make significant decisions that are actually highly dangerous and have long term, if not mm-hmm. lifetime consequences. Yeah. 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 Okay. When Sperm fertilizes an egg at conception. The baby will either be female or male. This biology will influence hormonal exposure in the womb as well as the child's resulting gender identity. At about seven weeks, if the embryo is male, the testes will begin to secrete testosterone, masculizing masculinizing the brain. If the embryo is female, this process does not occur. There are thousands of studies showing the effects of prenatal testosterone on the developing brain. In fact, this exposure to testosterone has a powerful effect on the ways in which male and female brains grow. In a 2016 study of Nature Scientific Reports, research at, researchers at the University of California found testosterone exposure alters the programming and neural stem cells responsible for the brain growth, leading to differences between the sexes before the brain has finished developing in utero. Okay, did you hear that, people? Differences between the sexes before the brain has finished developing in utero, meaning your society cannot construct fuck all because it's fucking developed, okay? And then quickly, from a scientific perspective, gender gender identity is basically synonymous with biological sex. There are, of course, exceptions to the rule, including intersex people, and people who are transgender, who we will discuss, and it goes on to discuss them in a moment, okay? Mm. So 
Yes. There's exceptions to the rule. It mm-hmm. happens. We, know, we, we see this. But it does not happen at the rate in which you are telling me it's happening. There are statistics in this book that tell you it's 1 in 20,000. So there's no way that eight kids out of 30 in a public school class should be identifying as trans. It's like eight kids would have been emo. I think there's just such a slippery slope with, um, especially in schools around um, encouraging this Mm -hmm. and not setting limits and boundaries, which is what we're supposed to be doing for children Mm -hmm. in order to protect their their safety. Yeah. Um, Because it's just, we're, we're losing sight of healthy development under the guise of inclusivity and um i mean this is such a big topic jess like we we kind of kind of went in different directions with it and it's there i mean we haven't even gotten into pronouns and stuff like that and uh, um, children changing their names at school and like there's a there's a lot of more to and sports and um men in women's safe spaces right like these are mm-hmm. there's a lot of um there's too much there's too much there's so we could do we could do 10 episodes on this and we have a good one next so i don't want to do a back-to-back yeah um but what's our time at so far it's an hour and a half we're already at an hour yeah. and a half so if there if there's anything like that you want to end on oh my god but yeah yeah, or it, any listeners that are listening yeah. that want to hear us go into specifics. Pronouns. Like pronouns and like talking about other, yeah. um, like d- please Pretty let much. us know because this is um, a huge conversation and um, yeah. one that is great. I can't believe great. it's been an hour a- and a half. Right, like, it, but I, I think um, that's, we have, there's still so much more information that we haven't even discussed. Even okay, like well, April Hutchinson and stuff like that. Like there's yeah. so much more that we mm-hmm. can get into, but... Okay, well, how Final long, thoughts. what do you think, like five, ten minutes left? Final thoughts? Yeah. Oh, come on. For yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Okay, well, well, I'm going to let you have your final thoughts because <laughs> I have to think of this because okay. there's like, for sure, there's areas that we um, still need to quickly yeah. touch on. So my final thoughts as far as it <clears throat> from looking at things from a spiritual lens, a couple of things. Um, I don't think God makes mistakes. I think it our journey here as humans is to learn to fully love ourselves, full a hundred percent love. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there is so much influence from external programming that dilutes one's ability to understand themselves and to allow true development and true self exploration to take place. And all external um, noise intervenes that. And there is a huge push with all the marketing, the music industry, Hollywood, movies, um, commercialization, like that, um, that is really targeting the, the most vulnerable population. Um, and it is our job as parents to parent them, not the government's job to parent our child. Yeah, that was well said. Um, yeah, well, anyway, I agree with that. And I think that I'll just have to save, <laughs> I guess, the rest. No, I mean, I have so much. I can't I know. really, I, know. I can't really say other than, hmm. you know, I think that as a society, we do have to 
women and men, mothers and fathers, we do have to start to voice publicly our opposition to biological males participating in female sports. Um, in female, I know of an example where it was like a young girl's puberty kind of group for them to talk about their bodies and things and whatever, and a boy joined. And of course, no one wanted to be mean, and so the boy stayed, but none of the girls were able to do what they came to do, which mm. was yep. talk about openly about what they were going through. It was ridiculous. So I do think that as women, mothers, fathers, parents, we have to speak out and speak up about you don't have to be hurtful. There are legitimate kids out there that um, are more likely than not gay. They will grow up to be gay. Some of those kids will grow up to be completely heterosexual, normal, if you will. I don't want to say that, but like you, you understand what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. um, and about one in 20,000 of them is maybe intersex or trans. Okay. It happens. We should be kind to those very few individuals that present that way. But we have a very peculiar situation on our hands that's not by accident with um, men with autogonophilia and other mental illnesses that need help and not not being lifted up in our society and allowed to be entering into women and girls very vulnerable spaces that is where my line is drawn mm -hmm. in the sand and that's where i will fight to the death on the topic nice. and um we'll have we'll have more discussions with that especially yeah. when um hopefully we can get april hutchinson on to our podcast who's a female athlete um and has been outspoken about it um yeah but i hope that you guys got the background mm -hmm. i hope that this gave you some real clint like more context yeah more context to it and more sign actual scientific knowledge about some of what's going on and how kids are attracted to fads and how this too if we speak up and speak out it will too pass and your kids will grow up to be completely normal maybe just a maybe just a cool lesbian <laughs> we can only hope we can only hope. Or, no, actually, we can't only hope. The world needs more fucking straight people. With full self-love. alpha males. Full self-love. Yeah. yeah, with self-love yeah. and Love. kindness yeah. and respect. And yeah. um, anyway, less hatred. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these activists have a lot of self-hatred and projections, and we have to work on that, man. Mm -hmm. All right, peace out.